0: you have to. I, don't, I can't, I, do you know what, I can't imagine not, personally, I can't imagine not believing in myself. Welcome to Voice in Education, the podcast. I'm Kathleen Kushney, founder of Voice in Education, a senior leading education trainer and coach. My mission is to help new leaders and teachers aspiring to leadership become confident in their ability to lead others successfully. Whether you're a new or aspiring leader, this podcast will help you to become confident in your ability to lead others successfully. We discuss key themes in education and personal development and how this can impact educational leadership. Let's move that needle from confusion and overwhelm to clarity and inspiration.
1: Hello and welcome to a slightly different voicing education podcast today. My name is Christella Jamil and I'm a CEO who's been in education for 19 years. For me, one thing that really stands out about the voicing education podcast is the mission, the thinking behind its creation. The mission is to help new leaders and teachers aspiring into leadership to become more confident in their ability to lead others successfully by amplifying their voice. This ties in well with my beliefs, not only as a leader in schools, but as a national leader for Women Ed England, where we too wish to give new voices an opportunity to shine, to grow and to develop their way. Now, this goes beyond authenticity. It's about developing who you are by believing in yourself and growing in confidence so that one day you're then able to open the door for somebody else. So today I want to put a twist on the usual practice and flip the roles of podcasting. Today, I'd like to welcome Kathleen Cushney, founder of Voicing Education, whom I've had the pleasure of working with during her training year when I was her mentor many years ago and have remained friends since. So to celebrate one year of podcasting, I thought it'd be great to reflect and share some information about your journey, Kathleen, in education, about your growth into leadership to discuss why you started Voicing Education and its impact today. As this first series over this academic year draws to an end, I just want to start by asking you, why voicing education? Why actually create a series of podcasts?
0: Ah, thank you, Christella. first of all, for doing this. Obviously, it had to be you to talk (laughs) with me, um, because you've always been there um, holding my hand. But in answer to your question, why voicing education? I think, I mean... It is quite a deep answer, so I won't go too deep in the answer. But particularly, really, the the point of voicing was really to, like you said, to amplify the voices of people that don't usually get heard. That's one aspect. It's also to help people to develop. And that's the main drive, really. It's really about amplifying voices that don't get heard because There are a range and diverse amount of voices out there that are having lots of different experiences and also to prove that there isn't just one way in terms of developing within leadership. So through doing the podcast, I get to speak to a range of people, but at the same time as I'm learning, other people are learning and it's amplifying their voices while helping others to succeed and hear what's going on. Because sometimes when we're in our schools, I think we can become a bit insular and we don't really know what's going on outside. When I was an NQT, I really valued those Tuesday afternoons where you got to go out and speak to other NQTs and you got to hear about their experiences. But once you're in school, unless you go out regularly on CPD training courses, you don't generally get to speak to others. So the podcast serves as that purpose also. My podcast really is about amplifying voices, supporting others to develop in their leadership. But the main focus really is about that middle leadership, that part where they do so much. And I just thought it'd be another point of support and a reference point, really.
1: I'm going to pull back on something or refer back. You said, why you? You're always holding my hand. I've got to just say You've always held my hand. You've upheld me as a leader and really contributed to who I've become today. And perhaps unbeknownst to you, the feedback for your podcast has been so positive. You're holding the hand of many. So I'm actually going to ask you now, I want you to amplify your voice. I don't know if you have. So we once did a sharing the mic introduce a new voice when we launched Women Ed England. And then the month Mm -hmm. after we went into national lockdown. So actually, for a point of reflection, can I ask you to describe your journey to date as a leader? And also if you can end on perhaps what the future holds for you. That would be absolutely fantastic to hear. Oh my.
0: That is a massive <laughs> question. Let me break it down into steps. Okay. Um, so let's go back then to that time. So we were in lockdown. What's well, Pre lockdown, actually, where you said, "Okay, we're doing a was it called? Unglo? What was it
1: called? What was the title of the un? It was the unconference. So yeah, unconference. It women, that's with, it. Yeah, with women Ed, and it was February twenty twenty because it was the launch of Women Ed England because we we became global at that point. Uh-huh.
0: So you asked me to be one of the new voices, and so. I thought, mm, okay, what have I got to say? And to be honest, that's what led me to kind of think about the whole process of voice in education. What have I got to say? I thought, you know, I've got a lot to say. I may be doing my work, going to work all of the time and, you know, but my experiences are valid. So hence why it is called voice in education. Yeah. There's lots of people out there with something to say. So like you said about me, if I talk about that's that. So the new voices. So I wanted to talk about my experience from, you know, NQT today. So at that time, I spoke about the importance of being yourself, really drawing on the support of others and how important that is. Because I spoke about my NQT year, which was quite challenging. It was a really challenging year. But it was the minute that I actually spoke up and asked for help. And funny enough, it happened to be my sister who just mentioned something to me. She said, have you even asked for this? And I thought, "Mm." I thought as an NQT, you know, you had to kind of prove yourself. You know, you had to do everything by yourself. Make sure that, you know, if you were struggling, if you spoke up, then it would look like you're kind of weak and you you couldn't handle the job. So, you know, your NQT, your ECT now, um, as well it's called. I know that a lot of teachers are trying to prove themselves, so they won't ask for help. But the minute I asked for help, it was fantastic. Everything changed. Um, so I spoke about that, the importance of asking for help, the importance of being yourself and trusting yourself in order to make development. So throughout my career, and I will say my whole life, what I have done is really sometimes when I do ask for advice, generally I kind of know in my head kind of where I want to go but I ask for advice for confirmation and then when I ask for confirmation there's always so much more that I gain there's always corners or little bits that you don't know that you don't know so in terms of asking for help I would say that's really really important
1: so so you've gone from you've gone from an NQT you've gone from understanding that actually admitting to your vulnerabilities makes you stronger, makes you more informed, makes your mm-hmm. impact greater, allows you to grow in confidence. Pardon the link, 10% braver is just coming out in what you're saying. So mm-hmm. you've did your NQT year, I've got to say at this point, your, te- your sister is a leader in education. So where you said sister, it wasn't a women ed sister. It was literally your actual sister. Yeah. Said, Why aren't you asking for help? you you've gone through your nqt year understood that having vulnerabilities actually makes you stronger Mm -hmm. where did that lead you so then really where
0: that led me was really if opportunities come up i'm just going to say yes love that that you know that if someone says oh kathleen would you like to try okay then and just see what happens if I'm not ready, I can just ask for help, you know? You know, that, that fake... I think at the time, to be honest, that TV programme, Fake It Till You Make It, or whatever it was called, was probably on on, you know, being broadcast at the time. But to be honest, I just said yes. you got to say yes to the opportunities. And if you don't know, just ask for help. So in my NQT year, I was asked to lead PE. I thought, oh my gosh, already PE. I mean, if you know me, PE is not exactly my strong point, <laughs> but you know, I said yes anyway. So that was my first entry into leadership. So uh, like I said, that was in my first school. So I led PE for a few years and then I developed into different subjects. My passion came alive when I was interviewed and successfully led with English. And that's where I feel that I was able to make, was I able to make impact? Yes, I was. And the reason I was, was because I was working alongside someone else. So we together worked to develop an English curriculum across the school. I was able to then go out, I think it was before that, but I was supporting within the borough doing some training for NQTs, did some training in English. I became a consultant lead teacher also, so supporting other schools with English and writing particularly. And I was also was a moderator for quite a number of years. I've only recently just given up that role. My point is that when you do say yes, it leads to other things and you have to kind of trust, one, yourself, that you can do things. But also in order to lead others, you have to ask for support because leadership isn't, you can't do it by yourself and everybody is helping everybody, but I don't think everybody talks about that. It's like some invisible veil where you kind of look at someone and think, oh, they're doing so well. But what you don't know is that there's other people around them supporting them through phone calls, conversations and all sorts that we just don't see. So, you know, it's like the tip of the iceberg. You see the person at the top, but underneath there's people holding their hands just like, you know, today.
1: Do you know, I'm going to throw that back at you because you've been holding hands again. Because you said your first entry point into leadership was leading PE, of which we know perhaps isn't your favourite subject nor I I think my favorite PE exercise would be sipping tea but as a leader you made it work which there's a lesson you know there's a hidden lesson there that you know a leader's uh. a leader and those skills are you know you you adapted your skills to PE your passion however you didn't say lack of success you said your passion was when you interviewed successfully. To English. And I think there's another lesson there because I'm hearing passion, I'm hearing partnership, I'm hearing borough support, I'm hearing wider training, I'm hearing became a consultant leading teacher, I'm hearing you became a moderator. And one thing that really stuck with me there was you said allowed you to not only lead other areas, but allowed you then to develop others and secured your understanding in how a team works, how you can't do it on your own. So, so many valuable Mm. lessons. So we've gone from your NQT year where you were a leader of the learning in your class and also a leader of designing your own pathway to success because that's a hard year. And though it's Mm. two years now and supposed to be easier, I don't know if you looked at the amount of work. Um, that ECTs have to do. I don't know if it's actually less work. And I have my own thoughts on that, then it's not the right program. Perhaps in the new series, we discuss (laughs) the impact of the new um, framework for ECTs, and if indeed it is easier. But for now, I'm just going to say, you then led a subject, you then led another subject, you then developed that team that effective team and that understanding that actually you can't do it alone you need an effective mm. team around you yeah where then did your journey go and why oh, so amongst all of that I was just naturally
0: supporting people across school and then I was asked to go on a secondment so I did I went on secondment just for a term And through that, it kind of opened my eyes. It was a completely different school, completely different, completely different cohort and context, everything. And through that, I realized that, you know, different school really is a different job. And I remember someone saying that to me in my training year, actually, that you really do have to kind of consider the school that you're in because you can go to a different school, completely different leadership, completely different job, different experience. And also through all of those things, then you develop different skills. So in that, just that summer term secondment, I learned quite a lot. And then I realized that over those past seven years, I'd actually grown. Then I had a meeting, it was a moderator's meeting, and I spoke with a colleague from another school. And they mentioned about a position coming up for a um, senior leader role. So it was an assistant head teacher at the time. And I kind of thought, hmm, straight away I can't do that Oh, oh my gosh but I did I applied that night the deadline was that the next day so I applied that night was interviewed and successfully got the role and to be honest the rest is literally history because I'm still in that school now I've progressed onto deputy headship where I am now and I love what I'm doing I would say again it goes back to taking opportunities. <laughs> you know, yes, there may be that doubt there, but you've just got to try and push forward. If you don't push forward, the answer's still gonna be no, isn't it? You're still gonna be in the same place. So I would say throughout my whole development, in in life even, not just you know, in professionally, I just say yes and see what happens. Try and see what happens. But again, along the way, always ask for help. And we're going to keep coming back to that golden thread, really. So this is where I am now, deputy head teacher in a large school in North London. I love it because it's a forward thinking school. I work in a great team where we have discussions. We're always thinking about what next, how else can we serve our pupils? How else can we serve the community to be best? And not just for now, it's more so our focus is always on the future. How are they going to be as adults? How will we equip them with the skills now, set the foundations for them when they're adults? Because the world is changing. We've got to do something for these young people. So that's where my headset is now, my mindset, I should say. But equally, if, through voice and education, it's the same thing for leaders. So I'm doing the same thing that what I do within my day job within voice and education for leaders preparing them for the future
1: what you've modelled quite seamlessly there is the importance of review and ev- and evaluation coupled with reflection because you've gone back and you keep saying you know what next what more can we do you know our best isn't best yet Let's look at something else, you know, and and that constant Mm. questioning, which is because of the mindset that you have, because of the values you have, the philosophies you believe in. So I'm going to come back to your what next for you later, but I am going to use those threads you mentioned to ask about struggles and growth linked to hurdles you've overcome with voicing ed. So how has the series in that case developed and grown into the success it is today? Have you had struggles, hurdles, obstacles, whatever you'd like to call them, tricky scenarios? Has it been smooth sailing? Did you just wake up and think, all right, I'm going to start this series. This is my aim. You know, I mean, it's deeply rooted in your passion. It, it, mm. it, it's a massive area that, you know, we need to be equipping these middle leaders. Was it set straight from like, you know, that, that seed that was planted in your head to where it's become today? Talk to us about that specific journey.
0: Right. So this is where I'm literally, I'm going to be reflecting on the spot here. So the aim was to help middle leaders. Now, how was I going to do that? Through conversations, podcasts, speaking to others. Now, in order to do that, let's think logistically. I, again, it's called voice in education. I'm an introvert. Okay. Let's make that clear. So these, these guests didn't just magically turn up. So I had to go out And, you know, ask again, ask, right? So that's the key thing there. I had to use my voice as an introvert, go out, put myself out there and ask for these guests to appear on a podcast that no one knew about. Now that was challenging. So let's talk about the first hurdle. That was a challenge. One, I'm not one of those people that really kind of go out there and put themselves out there. So at the same time as me, you know, bringing forward these guests, it took a lot for me to do that. The more and more I did it, I reached out to people on LinkedIn, social media, people I knew already, contacts, networks, and so on. The more I got, you know, a a guest to come on and had the conversation with them, the more you kind of like momentum kept going. So then it became easier. And I just thought, to be honest, all I'm doing is asking for for, to have a conversation so I kind of would I say minimized it yes I did I minimized what I was doing in order for me to overcome my fears of asking for people to appear on the podcast the passion was greater than the fear that's what kept me going and I'm not going to lie about that at all my main why was to make sure that people could hear these voices so I had to overcome my fear in order to put them out there That was a hurdle. I got over it. I'm enjoying it. And I know that the purpose is bigger than my little kind of, oh, I don't know, should I ask them? So that's okay. So the first one obviously had to be women leaders in education for obvious reasons, and women ed, me being a woman, obviously, and also to amplify those voices that aren't heard. So do go back and listen to that, that series because it's got women from all aspects of education. And again, I want to diversify the voices. So you've got voices of women that are in SCN, educational support services and people working in international schools. You've got heads, you've got middle leaders, you've got a young head teacher who is actually the head teacher where we're at my school where I lead now you've got a diverse range of people that was important to me always about the diverse range different voices to be heard then I thought you know so as I was doing that I'm always thinking about ideas So as I was doing that, I was thinking gosh there's a lot of black men doing things you know so you know George Floyd was happening I think do you know what no this is this is enough now I think we need to put a, a different perspective out there as to what black men are doing we're not as you know the media kind of paint a picture as to who black men are, and whether you believe it consciously or subconsciously is out there. You you might not even know that you've got that bias. So I wanted to counteract that by celebrating black men and their voices and what they're doing. Again, ensuring that it was a diverse range of roles within education. So again, if you haven't listened to that series, go back and listen, because you hear from coaches, teachers, and you hear from people that aren't actually education lists, but they're doing some great work with to amplify and make sure that education is out there, particularly not just for black boys, but just subjects that can ensure that stereotypes and biases are tackled. My new series coming up is going to be about motherhood in leadership. It's an area that I would say can be overlooked because Mothers generally in society aren't celebrated. I'm going to say that they're not. They're not celebrated. It's like, well, she's, 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 she's like she's a mum. But what does that mean? What does being a mum mean? There's so much to being a mother. So that series looks at that. How that's balanced with leadership. Again, two massive roles. So we kind of unpick the complexities there. And yeah, so hurdles. The hurdles are time. Doing these podcasts take time. So, you know, you have the conversations. For, well, let's go back a step. You have to reach out and contact the guests. You get the guests on, you talk with them, you kind of build up a rapport, you interview. Then you have to do the editing. Then, you know, write text for copy. And then you have to, well, for, for example, mine sits on different platforms, but I also host it on my website. Then also complete a page on the website. All of the things take time. I'm full time in education. So I do this in my spare time. But what keeps me going is the passion. So when it comes to hurdles, for some reason, when it comes to the podcast, I don't really see it as a hurdle because, like I say, the passion is far greater than the, you know, tiredness, fear or whatever other kind of obstacles come up. So that's how I handle that.
1: Love that. And I'm learning from that more and more on a daily basis. So moving from, even though I still am an executive head to CEO, the importance of loving what you do is fundamental mm-hmm. to your survival. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to reiterate a few things of your journey. So you started by wanting. I mean, you're a woman, you're, you know, you're a woman, you're a leader. And that was a sensible place, the safe place where you had the most confidence to start, I I feel has come out, through our, our conversation, you know, diversity of voices. So it wasn't just head teachers, there were in people in international schools, people that were linked to educational support services, SEN. You know, you've gone across a diverse range of leadership in education. And though you wanted it to reflect the strength and perhaps amplify the voice of a woman leader, George Floyd happened, and you need to hear what the world is communicating and by then you wanted the voice of black men to be powerful how have they contributed Mm. to turn the bias into a conscious bias into that sphere where actually I've told you now these are our struggles these are our successes but these are our struggles to then devising a thread for the year ahead about perhaps the manner in which through the perspective that we're looking through that you're looking through you know you're a mum but not so sure if mums are celebrated if all mothers are celebrated in the manner that they should be if it's just a uh, an accepted part of life but and I would say in the same breath dads fathers you know mm-hmm. and I'm sure your podcast will go from talking to mums in education to talking to dads in education this is quite current for me mm-hmm. because we're discussing paternity leave of one of my current teachers so you know it's about isn't it? it's about having those conversations it's about overcoming the hurdles and the hurdles you've overcome linked to the podcast were because you're maintaining a full-time role and I've got to say in the larger than usual size primary school it's not a one form or a two form or a three form or a four form it's a five form of entry primary school so you kind Mm -hmm. of in a year group got the size of many primary schools in London with the falling role at the moment in pupil numbers And yet you love what you do because of your passion. So what if it takes time? So what if you need to, you know, invest time to build rapport, learn new skills to edit and tech skills to publish all this on your website? It's what you enjoy doing. So you don't feel like it's an add on, you know, powerful words, Kathleen. Powerful words because you believed in yourself. Why is it important to believe in yourself then?
0: Well, you have to, I, don't <laughs> I can't, I, do you know what? I can't imagine not, personally, I can't imagine not believing in myself because as a child, wh- whatever I had to do, I have, I have always had to believe in myself. Just, just go for it. If I think, if I've, it's hard to answer this because I'm answering it from the fact that I've always believed in myself. And for b- people who, who know me well, will know, will know that. I am quiet. So you might, if you don't know me, you'd think, oh, it's just Kathleen, you know you, you know, you might not know much about me. But when you get to know me, you kind of think, yeah, she, she, she knows. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure I do it.
1: And do it well. I know you well. So you're yeah. going to do it and it's going to be something that is outstanding. I get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it and do it well. And it, it takes a lot of hard work. Now that comes from the belief in myself. And I think the reason that's important is because if you don't believe in yourself, you're never going to really achieve what you what you say you're going to do. It, it might be diluted, half-hearted, but when you believe in yourself and you really think, yeah, I can do this, it gives you momentum. So that's what my belief in myself has given me. It gives me momentum. I look back and think, oh, I did have those doubts. I couldn't do that, but I did it. And I think, oh yeah, well, I can do that then. And I don't really set, limitations on myself. I try and think big and then work out how to do it. Yes, I have the doubts. I'm not going to lie to you. I have the doubts. Everyone has the doubts, but I just do it in small steps. The small actions lead to big differences. And I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to put the work in. So the belief in myself is a main ingredient. And I really do think it's important because When you are stepping out and trying to do things, there are always, always, always going to be different opinions and voices that may have their kind of viewpoint on what you're doing. And if you don't believe in yourself, they can knock you off track. And I don't I don't really want to be knocked off track for my purpose. So the belief is here with me and I I trust it as well. And I think that's important as well. I believe in myself and I trust it.
1: So think big, find a way, because small steps make a big difference. Absolutely powerful. You you mentioned again passion, so it kind of, you know, is something that you're repeating in each of the sections of today. And you mentioned your why, your purpose, your kind of Simon Sinek golden circle uh philosophy there. Mm. And and you did touch on mindset earlier. So talk to us about your values, philosophies linked to, you know, mind, attitude, um, disposition, and how there's a link between I'm going to push you further now. I'm going to say not just your professional life, in your private life too. So how does your mindset, your values, your philosophy tie in or doesn't it tie into both? You know, are you a completely different person? Talk to us about the real you at work and the real you at home. So I
0: would say that the so through work, all right, learn. Let's let's go back a step. Kathleen has high standards, right? If, If I think of it like that, Kathleen has high standards. Her values. So my values are really about helping and serving others. That is it. So in my personal life, I like to support people. I like to help. Not help. Help's the wrong word. Help kind of comes across as if you're some sort of savior. What I mean is. Be a guide, a friend, a supportive person. I try to empower people to believe in themselves again, because I I value the importance of that. So that is who I am in my personal life. So that comes across in my professional life again, which is why I made a point of wanting to support middle leaders. So that's who I am. That's one of my values, serving others. Another one is empathy. I really do empathize with others. And I think that's kind of who I am. If anything's happening professionally, so in schools, I always think about the person first. I always think about the human, the human first. Then I think, oh gosh, wow, that's really going to impact them. Hmm. How can I? And then I think about the kind of conversation that I might have. Again, relationships are important. I really am big on developing relationships, but that's just me anyway. I just think that's just an automatic thing like breathing. I really do focus on developing good relationships. Being resilient, yes, with the job in life, you have to be resilient. So whatever comes my way, I just continue. I do, I continue. But what I've started to realize is that there are times where, yes, you can continue, but there are times where you have just have to stop and reflect and recoup. You can't, I'm not a machine. Um, I think I did act like I was a machine, <laughs> and I've realized that, that that's not effective either, so I'm now working on that kind of balance so I can keep having my high standards, but at the same time balance it out with um, rest and healing, I would call it. Authenticity, I'm always myself, so when you get to know me you realize that what you see is what you get. I am just, you know, well, me, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it, but if you know me, you know me. Fun. I don't take myself too seriously either. As well as I have high standards, I may have the high standards, but I can joke along and work in a kind of jovial way, but the standards are still there. Like, you know, don't, don't take it just because I'm laughing with you doesn't mean that the standards have slipped. Yeah, I can have the high standards and I can have a laugh, but, you know, they can work hand in hand. And I think it, it is nice to kind of not take yourself too seriously. And I think that's it, really. Connections and relationships, resilience, empathy, being authentic and serving others. They are the main things and a lot of love and laughter.
1: I think they they just cross over. So it, it, there isn't a separate set in your personal life to your professional life and you've you've actually outlined quite beautifully what empathetic leadership is actually all about because we even in our lives we're leaders of our own destiny you know we kind of create those Mm. paths the same way you do but you don't you don't diminish your set of standards because of it if anything you relish what comes along you're resilient enough to continue you said you stop reflect recap Relationship building is 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 key in in all walks of life and especially in our roles in education and getting that balance right with the adults in mm-hmm. order to model that as well for the children so that you know they get that and I think the the biggest part of that is you know may your life, Kathleen, always be surrounded in laughter. You know, echoes of laughter in every corridor that you walk along. So I'm going to push you on to dig a little bit deeper now. Now, we, we've understood the why, you know, and this thing about services come out, I don't know if it's linked to the Jubilee and I, you know, and hearing the Queen as well, but I just think we serve communities. Mm. We serve adults, we serve children, we serve the wider community beyond our school. Through your podcasting, you know, you are providing a service and and perhaps initially it was for, the women leaders and now it's for all leaders and, and you've highlighted women who perhaps didn't have a voice, female leaders, black men, now we move on to mums. You, you know, you get things done, how do you create that balance? You've told us already that you do it because you love it and the balance, it's not easy being a full-time mm-hmm. leader, you know, member of SLT. You've given us a great deal of insight into who you were, how you've grown, who you've become. So mm-hmm. as we near towards the end of this particular session, I'm going to ask, have you had enough time to reflect and think about where next? And I'm not just talking about your, you know, your next theme in podcasting. As a leader, you've modelled a great journey you know, you've grabbed every this is my mantra. Grab every opportunity that comes your way. And as women, mm-hmm. I feel, you know, when we go for the job application, we always feel, don't we, we need to be perfectionists in everything. before yes. we even consider if we're going to apply. Moving beyond uh-huh. that. Where next for Kathleen? We know where next for the show, mm-hmm. but where next for you?
0: Wow. That's a, that's a interesting question because it's something that has been in my mind for some time now. Where next? Who knows what I do know, how I can answer this is by telling you what I do know I love doing. So I love podcasting. I love talking to people. I am an introvert, but I like to talk, you know, oxymoron. I'm a walking one. So I would love to do that talk to all, all types of people within education. So in terms of where next, I don't know, but I know that I'll be doing this a lot more. I love coaching also. So you know I like again it comes back to that value of supporting others. So I love doing that. And I'd love to do that a lot more. Well I will do that a lot more. Um where next? Now, I would say if I think about leadership roles, I know that I don't want to be a head teacher. I want to lead others in a different way. What that looks like now, I don't I I don't know. <laughs> so whether I'm creating it as I'm speaking now and you know it will evolve into something, I don't know. But I know that what I want to do is to help support in different in various different ways, I should say. That's that's what it is. So in terms of where next, I want to support people in various different ways. I also know that and when I say that, I I the reason that's the reason why I I don't want to be a head teacher because I I feel that I won't be able to give it my all and have like fingers in different pies. So that answers that question. And I, I really don't know what else other than that to say really because I do feel that I don't know. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's the beauty in it. Actually. I really don't know. I know what I'm loving doing. I know what I, I know I want those two things to grow. I currently really love my job. I love seeing, being around children every day so if i ha- could have a combination of all of those that is what would be next
1: that sounds like a challenge for a listener so it's so refreshing to hear you talk about your journey to hear you talk about you and and how this has come about to understand that you love podcasting you'd like to have some more involvement with coaching after this i'll give you a a, a thread and an opportunity there instantly leading on with that your leadership role you've defined you you know what you don't want you know I don't want to be ahead because I love leading others I want to continue to lead and support in a variety of ways and though you don't know what that will be you know you love what you're doing at the moment you know you love your job Mm -hmm. you know you love being surrounded by children so listeners what could be the next step all, all suggestions, please put forward to Kathleen. But for now, I want to say what a pleasure and an honor it's been digging deeper into the real you, you know, the, the, the voice behind voicing education. Huge thanks. You know, you're the founder of Voicing Education podcast. Thank you for your openness today, for your honesty, for your wisdom, but, but more so for creating such a platform to allow others to be open and honest to share their wisdom, to grow simultaneously and and to continue to impact on others. And I'm going to leave you with a quote, one of my favourites at the moment that Shirley Chisholm said, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. But I say, why bring a chair? Set up your own table. And Do we need a table? Let's just throw that picnic blanket on the grass and see how many people can come to us. So I'm going to leave you with that. And please think Mm -hmm. of any suggestions that you might add to Kathleen's links to where she may be in the new future but let's watch and see where this episode goes next thank you Kathleen you are a powerhouse
0: oh thank you Christina, and right back at you because you know I always say that to you you are absolutely fantastic and yeah just thank you really for your support since the beginning this is what I mean you there from dots So thank you for always being there and being such a great friend. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were inspired and gained some insights which can help you as you progress on your journey. Until our next episode, be safe, be well, but most importantly, keep growing. Remember, there is power in your voice and it all starts with a conversation.